Don't Miss a Beat is a podcast series brought to you by the law firm of Saul Ewing, Arnstein & Lear that covers views from diverse constituencies within the food, beverage, and agribusiness, also known as FBA, sector. Hosted by Jonathan Havens and Kermit Nash, co-chairs of the firm's FBA group, episode guests offer various perspectives on a variety of legal, policy, and industry developments, day-to-day FBA issues, best practices, and the road ahead. Thank you for joining us for our food, beverage, and agribusiness podcast series, Don't Miss a Beat. My name is Kermit Nash. I'm the co-chair of the firm's food, beverage, and agribusiness practice based in our Minneapolis office. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by some distinguished uh, friends and colleagues. First, I want to introduce you to Casey Grabenstein, who's going to act as co-interviewer with me today. Casey, welcome. Thanks, Kermit. Uh, Happy to be here. Great. Casey is a litigator. He's based in our Chicago office. Uh, He's got a national practice. And uh, Casey, why don't you take a a minute and introduce our guest today? Yeah, sure. We're very excited uh, today to have a good friend of the the firm with us, Mark Haraberta. Mark is the CEO of BarChart, a a leading provider of commodities and exchange data uh, based here in Chicago. Uh, We're looking forward to speaking with Mark. And I know that folks are that listen to this podcast are probably familiar with with bar chart. But Mark, I think it would be helpful if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and and the company to get us rolling. Great, great. Thank you, Kermit and uh, Casey for having me. I want to say I love the name of the show. Uh, Don't miss a beat. Um, Fitting. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of activity in the agricultural sector. Uh, A lot of technology changes impacting uh, the sector. Um, a, a lot that applies on the legal side as, as well in this day and age. So, um, you know, it's neat to, you know, talk with you folks and, and engage. You've got a great practice. Um, your food and beverage is an area we're active in as well on, on top of agriculture. So I'm looking forward to uh, the discussion. And to start, you know, my background um, started with the Chicago Board of Trade in the 90s. Uh, so I have a financial markets background that's been geared more towards the the derivatives and and, and futures industry. And as you may know, the Chicago Board of Trade is mostly known for its uh, agricultural commodities, things like corn, soybeans, and and wheat. And, uh, you know, I spent uh, about seven, eight years there in the uh, the data and product side of the business and, you know, really got a good understanding of the, um, the instruments that are used for price discovery in commodities, as well as hedging in commodities. And since then, I've been with Bar Chart for uh, 15 years. Well, Mark, you look far too young to have been with anywhere for 14 years. So uh, that's an impressive background. I look at Bar Chart regularly when we're actually engaging with companies to kind of see what's going on in the market. But uh, I'd love for you to elaborate a bit on kind of the, the digital age and how yeah. this has evolved, because I think a lot of our listeners or even just people who are familiar with boards of trade and how they worked historically would be a bit surprised how much it's evolved yeah, and how yeah. you play a key role in that development. Yeah, no, it sure has evolved. And, you know, I was fortunate to be there when it started. Um, and, and it mean, started before I arrived at the Board of Trade in the late 90s. But that's really when uh, the digital era for exchanges started in terms of, 
them migrating and transitioning from a uh, open outcry environment. You know, you've seen the traders in the jackets on the floor of the exchange uh, shouting and giving hand signals to a electronic trading environment. And, you know, that started in the 2000s. And the exchanges at the same time, they also went through a, a, a demutualization process where they were really non-for-profit member-owned organizations. And they, um, they shifted to a publicly owned companies and they IPO'd. And that gave them the ability or a, a bigger ability to uh, become more competitive. And they had to. They had to make technology changes to keep up with the times and evolve. In, in terms of our firm, you know, we, we really got our start around the same time. So in the mid-90s, in 1995, we launched barchart.com as one of the first websites to bring commodity quotes online. And originally, it was a subscription service. Um, around 2000, you know, we, we migrated that to, uh, you know, more of a public financial portal, um, still really focused on commodities. You know, today we cover stocks, we cover uh, currencies, we cover options, uh, but our bread and butter, um, especially being based, I mean, right next to the Chicago Board of Trade in downtown Chicago, our bread and butter has always been the uh, commodity markets. With all that information kind of coalescing around not just the, the variety of commodities that you're keeping track of, but now in real time, there's a ton of data. And that data now has got its own value, does it not? I mean, yeah. it's one yeah. thing to look uh, at, at some of the, the product offerings you have and see what the price may be or the trading, but there's actually insights there, which are extremely valuable, right? Yeah, no. And, it, and you know, that's followed the technology shift and evolution, you know, from the open outcry days, there was only a limited amount of data that could be pushed through. You know, those prices were being recorded by uh, market reporters sitting above the pits and, and typing the prices in. So not every trade uh, or every uh, quote was uh, necessarily reflected. With electronic trading, uh, the bandwidth requirements increased. Uh, you had the capability for more algorithmic trading, uh, more auto-quoting. And, and that's really increased um, the amount of quotes that you see coming through the exchange. At the same time, you know, everything from cloud computing, which it, it plays a big role in all of this, that that's really enabled so much of the technology, you know, for AI providers, for satellite imagery providers to be able to launch those products and services. Without cloud computing, that would not be possible because it was just too expensive to build out that infrastructure. So cloud computing to me it, it has been, you know, core to, you know, any growth when you talk about data. And then that's giving you the ability to analyze these massive, massive sets of data with infrastructure that wouldn't have been available uh, to, um, to startups or even, even larger companies back then. Before we went on live with, uh, with this program, Casey, you and I were talking about uh, all the problems that your company solves. Is it fair to say that, you know, there's just kind of the ABCDs of the world, but doesn't this level the playing field for even the small farmer's elevator, the cooperative that may be a little yeah. off the beaten path, but yet substantial yeah. client base and, and cooperative members? Yeah. So for us, you know, we are a data and, and technology solutions uh, provider. And, you know, what that means for us is, you know, Barchart really has three arms. One is Barchart.com. You know, that's where you go to get quotes. You look up charts, you know, a lot of information is for free. Um, Two, 
you know, we have a financial business where we sell data and APIs to financial services companies, software companies, and, and other B2B um, uh, relationships. And then, you know, three is our commodity business. And that's where, you know, providing that data to any size grain buyer, any size farmer, you know, has really leveled the playing field. You know, we offer everything from yield forecasts that are calculated throughout the day, uh, production forecasts, access to um, years and years of historical data, access to cash grain bids from any grain elevator in the U.S. and Canada and, and, and growing in South America by entering it. A, a zip code or pulling up our mapping technology and giving you the ability to map those grain bids in like a heat map, you know, within picture that within the state of Iowa. So the accessibility of the data and that tools, it's, it's really now available to everyone. Uh, my dad used to say, if you, if you understood agriculture, you understand the world. <laughs> and uh, as, as I'm seeing how you're providing services, not just to the grain elevators and the buyers, the grain traders, if you will, you're really getting an imprint on what's happening in the world today, are you not? Yeah, no, we, I mean, there's a, an entire supply chain and workflow, you know, when, you know, we talk more about, you know, more specifically about commercial grain. And, you know, that started with, you know, websites in 2000 or so, you know, grain elevators, like everyone else, they needed a website, grain buyers, needed to get their prices, their bids out to the, their, their customers and to the world. And that's really the first service we started providing uh, to grain elevators was, was websites. And um, from there, you know, it's evolved into um, a full suite of digital tools to assist them with buying grain, disseminating their prices, um, communicating with farmers. And that's led to you know, uh, efficiencies, you know, we have e-sign of grain contracts. You could sign, a farmer could sign a contract on his phone. You don't have to deal with the paper. Mm -hmm. You've got instant real-time access to that and digital records. And then we could push that transaction to an accounting platform. So it doesn't have to be manually entered and subject to error. And it's done you know, virtually instantly. I'm always thrilled when you get insights from companies that are solving real problems and there's value because that's the type of thing people are willing to pay for. But understanding agribusiness, sometimes there's some reluctance to, you know, add additional costs when you're dealing with skinny margins sometimes with products. But I'm I'm suggesting something, and this is not me putting a golf ball on a tee for you, so you're going to whack it down the fairway, but uh, take your best shot. So you're solving a lot of problems. What's the next big problem that needs to be solved in agribusiness with, with the data and how that data is used? I imagine you've got a, a whiteboard somewhere and you're solving yeah, some of those yeah. problems already. You know, so if you look at the way farmers sell grain, you know, traditionally it's been face-to-face, -face, you know, driving to the co-op or the elevator, making a phone call. And we now have the technology um, to do that through, you know, your phone. And, and that's really, you know, where everyone wants to conduct business and, and manage relationships. It took a long time to get there. Folks have been trying to change the way farmers sell grain for really 20 years, but the technology wasn't completely there. Um, not only the apps to support it, um, but also the connectivity to make sure you have a signal and you can actually communicate. So, 
you know, this has not been a, a fast change, um, but we want to provide the capability for more farmers to be able to um, transact just like you do with banking or uh, investing or Amazon on your phone. Uh, you're going to be able to do the same thing. You can do the same thing um, through the apps that we provide. So what our service does is for the grain elevator, we provide each of them with a custom branded mobile app that then they make available to their farmers. That app that that farmer uses connects to the desktop of the merchandiser where they can transact and communicate uh, instantly. Um, and then there's other pieces. You know, I mentioned accounting that's tied in and e-sign that tied in. And then, you know, back to the exchange. Our same platform is tied into the exchange. So the merchandiser could instantly hedge that cash transaction, that physical transaction that they've made with the farmer, reducing uh, risk, reducing um, paperwork, and um, hopefully leading to you know better decisions and more profitability for everyone involved. I, I have to be careful with one of my litigation co colleagues on with me, but it seems like you're also mitigating a lot of risk. Uh, this business for years has been fraught with risk from one end to the other end of the supply chain. Um, I want to take a minute and talk about that because I think sometimes uh, in life, we don't want to think, think about risk. We don't want to think about those risks that may end up in a court somewhere or just even the commodity risk, but you're solving some of those problems. Yeah. Um, give us a couple examples. Yeah. Great question. You know, you look back, you know, 15 years ago or so, you know, when we started this business, manually entering, you know, the bids, the prices that you're posting as an elevator to buy grain for, you know, that was subject to a keyboard error or a mistake. You know, our first solution to that was, you know, provide the ability to upload from a spreadsheet so you don't have to manually enter those twice. Or if you were using a different system, we provided synchronization capability. So you didn't, again, you didn't, we cut out that manual step. You know, and then it went for, you know, efficient things. If you want to update your basis across all your locations that you're buying grain at, you know, you could do that with update in one field rather than having to go through 20 or 30 different locations. And then if you add every delivery point, you know, you might be dealing with 100, 200, 300 different prices. So those sort of efficient tools are, are I think, fairly obvious. You know, if you move forward to what we have today, with things like auto hedge, like I you know, just mentioned, you, know, you could instantly hedge um, the physical transaction you're making with a farmer with CME Group on the, on the exchange as it re relates to a um, futures contract. And then that data, that transaction could be pushed into, the, pushed into the accounting system. So again, there's no risk there of, um, of, entering, of entering an error. You know, and then there's other things, you know, real-time alerts, real-time monitoring, monitoring the offers that farmers may have sitting um, with the elevator that may not have matched yet with the um, prices on the exchange. Our tools allow you to um, monitor those in real time. And then we alert the, if the merchandiser is away from their desk, we can alert them with a, an email, uh, a text message, an app alert that there's, there's a business to be done. Mark, it's amazing to, to hear about what the company's doing. And I'm really interested in your thoughts on, on sort of what's, uh, what's coming in the future. I, it's really insightful. Um, but, but I'm wondering if you could take us back in time a little bit and, mm -hmm. and talk about how the company, how you got started in this area, how the, how the company 
um, got started and sort of uh, what things were like, like then and, and tell us a little bit about the company story maybe. Well, you know, Bar Chart is, um, I like to think we're pretty unique. You know, we started in the 90s as a startup and, um, you know, we, we wanted to bring, you know, data online uh, to the internet. And, you know, that started with the heavy focus in commodities and that focus continues today. But, you know, we're in other commodity markets, not just ag, you know, we're in metals, uh, we're in energy, you know, we do things in, in weather. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we have a retail presence when it comes to uh, the stock market options trading and currencies and and crypto that you know a retail audience you know we serve you know anywhere from two to four million users a month that come to barchart.com to look at our our quotes and our charts that has really helped us grow our b2b business because what happened you know early on is we had companies uh, exchanges brokerage firms banks grain elevators come to us and say hey you know, we want to put those corn quotes on our website. And, you know, that evolved to, hey, I need a, a real-time feed to feed my accounting system so I could uh, mark to market positions uh, quicker or I could run settlement processes. So our website, our retail presence has really driven what the solutions and the demand for the solutions that we brought uh, to the B2B marketplace. And, you know, over time, you know, we've maintained, you know, we're a privately owned company and uh, we've maintained that and we've been able to grow um, in that manner without, uh, we don't have outside investors or, or, or private equity in our firm. And uh, that's been a model that is, is you don't find very often uh, today. And, you know, it, it's been very successful for us. Being mindful of the holidays and one of the great all-time Christmas classics, uh, trading places and the orange <laughs> juice futures. You're, you're effectively running Duke and Duke out of business for actually <laughs> making them more profitable. I'm not sure which it is, but uh, Mark, I, I appreciate so much for you taking some time with us today and the insights you've provided. Um, just to make sure you're taking us out uh, and appropriately, how do listeners find you online? And if it's just a keyword search, what's the best way to find you? Yeah. So that that's a good question. So, um, you know, Funny thing is a lot of people call us bar charts with an S and uh, I don't know, it might just roll off the tongue easier that way, but we are bar chart, uh, singular bar chart.com. And that's where you'll find, you know, I mentioned our retail website. If you search a uh, bar chart commodities or bar chart solutions, we've got two other um, really faces uh, to our company that are focused on our B2B uh, solutions, both uh, to the financial space as well as to the commodity space that you could easily find. Excellent. Mark, thank you so much for your insights. Casey, thanks for joining me today as well. Uh, as always, you learn a lot when you are uh, when you tune in to Don't Miss a Beat. Uh, everyone listening, thank you for your time. Please be sure to join us next time on Don't Miss a Beat. Yep. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Don't Miss a Beat, brought to you by the law firm of Saul Ewing, Arnstein & Lear. Please be sure to subscribe to hear more podcast episodes related to developments in the food, beverage, and agriculture industry.